Chapter 6 of the Deep Dive series is here and I was stoked to be joined by none other than uh, Mr. Finnegan Feebig. Finn is involved in both the coffee scene as well as filmmaking and acting. We got to sit down and talk about his recent experience travelling the world for five months, which I can tell you had some touch and go moments. We talked about his experiences making films and the process he goes through as well as his own acting journey. I know you will enjoy this one. Lock it. Well, chapter six is here, and I'm in maybe one of the most makeshift studios I've ever seen, but mm. I'm glad to have you sharing it with me, Mr. Finnegan Fevig, mate. It's an absolute privilege, Brad, an absolute privilege. I'm glad people can't see this right now, because you are hunched over mm. with a tennis racket between two piles of books in my bedroom. With the mic on top. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a makeshift, but I, I appreciate the effort. No, humble beginnings. Absolutely. Absolutely, I know all about it. Tell me, man. I mean, we're, we've come to the end of the lockdown, mm. and I want to ask you firstly, mm. you survived it. You're all right. You're doing okay? Yeah, doing great. I actually um, I had an amazing lockdown. A lot of people weren't or kind of stressed out throughout the lockdown, but I loved it. I mean, I spent, I managed to read pretty much the whole of the New Testament, only just finishing Revelations, which was wild. Um, but yeah, like it was super productive and very, I just enjoyed it. You know, it was peaceful. So you, you're telling me that, what are we, six weeks out of lockdown? Yeah. Bro, are we six weeks out of lockdown? I have no idea. I should know. I've been teaching. Yeah. Um, but you're telling me are things back to normal with work? Cause like some of the mm. things you're involved in and we'll dive into those things, mm. but you know, you've been doing a little bit of, a little bit of your side hustle with the odd commentary yep um you've been doing you know your bits and pieces with the bakery mm -hmm. you know what i mean a bit of building yep that's it that's is that it. are you all back to normal or yeah well i mean technically i'm an essential worker if i um if i do say so myself so oh, i was working right. in the second week of level four um doing deliveries for kiaso the coffee roastery you you've always wanted to do coffee eh well yes it was actually um there's a really cool hole in the wall in town called the receptionist and there's a man there who always wears like a nice suit black tie really clean cut um he was called he's always called mr k and he's actually what inspired me to get into coffee just the way that every single day i'd go to get a coffee i always left feeling amazing i was like far out i would love to be able to be in a position where someone can come to me for like 30 seconds and they can leave and their day's already improved that's it mr k it sounds real um conspicuous he's he's really cool he's like this korean dude he's just got charisma uh he's a christian he's always playing like really great music like wide variety he's, yeah he's getting to his jazz recently i went to go see him the other day is it true with coffee like i've mm. i've interviewed um well not interviewed but spun a yarn with kyle svensson yeah, chapter two nuts. yeah he's the man and he everything mm. but um you know it's there's a vibe with coffee mm. you know it, it's the I don't think I'd be cool enough to be a barista. Well, I think, I mean, there's 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 three major components to a great cup of coffee. Oh, here we go. Talk me through it. Number one, the beans. Crucial. The beans. Number two, the machine, what you're making it on. And number three is actually the barista, the charismatic barista. If he's spinning great yarns, like it automatically, you're just going to leave with a happier cup of coffee and you're more likely to enjoy it because you're like, man, I love this dude. So you've already got a good, 
you know, good vibe going on. How long have you been working in like with coffee and Kiaso and all of that? Well, I started in December um, when I got back from my trip. Um, so however many months that is, we're in June at the moment. So what's that? Seven months. Seven months. Was that last year your trip? Last year, yeah. So it actually, I, I was still away on my trip as of now, this time last year. Okay, that's pretty gangster. Let's dive into that because yeah. you just decided with your mate Noah and your other mate Jack. Um, thank goodness that I remember that name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you guys decided let's go travel the world, pretty much, and lucky you did. I mean, mm. yes, yeah, but timing is was you know everything with that you know praise the lord we had, well we had been planning that since we were like 15 years old we went traveling last year it was uh, 19 yeah um had to really think about that um but yeah we've been planning that for like four years or something you know we sat down at a cafe one day and we just we knew we wanted to go to europe for two months and it started out as this top gear fantasy we were going to go over there get three cars oh, and go traveling top gear um and then it eventually got to a point where i said to jack i was like okay well i kind of want to go to southeast asia while i'm over there so I was like, okay we'll add two months on i'll go with you and if we're both going i'm sure no will tag along so, oh yeah he'll tag along to of anything. course and because he really didn't want to go to Asia, because if you know Noah, then you know that he's got you know a lot of bowel problems like myself. So <laughs> Southeast Asia did not sound like a good idea. No, but um, but we 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 told Noah that we were planning on going. There. He was like, all right, well, I'll come along. And then we're like, okay, well, if we're going to two months Southeast Asia, we might as well go for another month in Europe. And so it ended up becoming this big thing where it was like you know three months in Europe, two months in Southeast Asia. And so it was a five month trip. Five month trip, yeah. So where where did you start? Because you, you you reckon you've been planning this for a long time. Like yeah. you three are really good mates. Yeah. Um. And I actually had a side question. Who who are you in the Top Gear trio? Are you Jeremy Clarkson? Um. I was I was James. James May. I was James May. Oh, yeah. it's a good show, Top Gear. Yeah. Side yeah. note. Yeah. Um, Noah Noah and Jack love it. I I I can appreciate it. Well, they're car fanatics. You're not so much a car fanatic. No, no. Um, so yeah, really. so you you planned this ages and ages ago. Ages ago, yeah. Talk me through the day you leave, bro. It was May the fourth. No. Um, was yeah. that planned? No, it actually wasn't, and we didn't realize until everyone was like, oh, "Of course, you chose May the fourth because you know May the fourth birthday." But we didn't even realize until like two months before our trip that that was that was the day we were leaving. Um, and you know, going to the airport, it had been. Um, it had been only like three months prior that I met my fiance Matilda, um, and you know obviously I I planned to go away because I'd single because I didn't want to you know have the same. But then obviously met Matilda, plans change, um, and yeah, it was it was crazy. You know, the longest trip I had been away for was maximum two weeks, and that was to Cambodia. And so this was huge. I mean, for all three of us, we come from Devonport. Like, we're incredibly sheltered, incredibly privileged. You know, we're lucky kids. And it's like, okay, five months on your own. You have to organize everything where you're staying. And you were 19? 19. 18? Yeah, yeah. Um, Noah just turned 18 before we left. Um, And it was was crazy. It was... There was uh, there was fear, but there was also so much excitement. It was like, oh my goodness, you know, we're really doing this, and we had a lot planned for such a short amount of time. You know, did you? Because was it like a bit of a trip? Because I imagine I have friends that have gone overseas, and it's been like, okay, we are going to do this on this date and this on that mm-hmm. date. And then I've had friends that are like, we've just got a ticket and we're going to wing it. 
That's exactly what we did. Exactly <laughs> what we did. So we knew where we were flying into Europe. We were flying out of Europe, into Asia, out of Asia. Those are the only things that we knew. And you had those tickets already. Yeah, we had those tickets. So we went to, we booked it through STA Travels, who ended up being real good with us until we left. And then as soon as we left, they pretty much ghosted us because oh. we were like asking for help while we were away. And they just ghosted us. So if you're ever thinking of booking with SDA Travels, I cannot stress, they suck. <laughs> just don't do it. Oh, we just lost a major sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. uh, So where did you fly into? London? So no, we actually flew into Turkey, to Istanbul, um, which was, uh, we flew in, and through Istanbul was actually the the Bosphorus River, which is the border where Asia meets Europe. Um, So it's the furthest eastern point in Europe, um, which is real cool, because later on we ended up going to the furthest western point, which is a place in Portugal called Sagrish. So it was quite cool being able to say that we've gone from the furthest point east to the furthest point west. We crossed Europe, you know. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so we flew into Turkey, which was such a crazy experience. You know, New Zealand, we got a population of 4 million. We arrive in Istanbul. This is the city. The city is a population of 25 million people. Just in the, the city. The houses were stacked, like everywhere was like a freaking hotel and it was just bustling it was crazy and it was just culture where you know where western meets asian and it was just wild it was wild and how long did you spend in turkey before you moved on we spent about two weeks in turkey yes what do you yeah. do in turkey for two weeks well we ended up going down so we, we started in istanbul and we went down the coastline um and we ended up going to this place called Bodrum. But before we went to Bodrum, cool fact, we actually went to Ephesus, which is where Paul wrote the letter to the Ephesians, which oh, was really cool. Interesting. So walking those same streets and like, yeah, that's quite cool. Um, but yeah, so we went to Bodrum, which is pretty much the best way to describe it is it's like a poor man's Greece. Um, it's like... <laughs> Please elaborate. Like a student's Greece. Like it's, it looks exactly the same, but it's just way cheaper than right. what Greece is. So I it's kind of like... a lot more commercialized... But it's virtually the same thing. But oh my goodness, it was so cheap and just like it was so amazing. And actually, what's well, quite cool is from Bodrum you can you can look across and you can see Greece. Wow. Yeah. Must be like living in Dunedin and seeing Auckland on Google Images and being jealous. <laughs> no, sorry, Dunedin. I've got good mates from Dunedin that will roast me for that. <laughs> but um, oh man, so yeah. and so you. You go from Turkey, because the only thing I think of with Turkey is the, the train, right? Isn't there a big train route through uh, Turkey? Yes, yeah. And I remember we, it from the movie Around the World in 80 Days. I haven't seen that movie, but we did get on a train, um, which took us. Yeah, we actually took mostly buses around. Actually, one point, Noah sat next to um, who we suspect was a hitman. T- okay, you can't just get away with that. Yeah, it was, well, it was this real sketchy-ass dude that had teardrops um like tattooed on his eyes and he was being real shady with his answers on where he was going and like constantly suspecting like Noel was like up to something maybe like Noel was like an fbi agent yeah it was it was a pretty it was it was just real bad vibes was not liking him but anyway he had two two tear tattoos and one was colored him what does that mean? Isn't that, doesn't well, that mean something? Well, uh, we've heard heaps of different people say different things. We've heard some people say that it has something to do with, um, you know, if you're in a gang and one of your homies dies, then you get your, then you get a, like a tear. Um, we've also heard other people say that it's actually when you're a hitman um, and you start a contract, you get the tear. And then when you finish the contract, you get it colored in. 
When in Europe, eh? Far yeah. out. Yeah, so I heard different. So that's why we thought that that man was a hitman. But yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. So we, we ended up going on a, in Bodrum. I can't believe bottom that. Of Turkey. I'm still wrapping my head around the yeah, hitman. Yeah, there's a but... lot of stuff that happened. Um, <laughs> when we were in the bottom of Turkey, we ended up going on this little um, sailing trip through the um, to the Turkish islands, which is real beautiful. Ended up swimming a whole bunch. And that's, what, that's why we were in Turkey for so long. Because you can either go sailing around Greece... And that was like, you know, two grand or you can go sailing in Turkey, which is similar. Same, same, but different. Um, and it was like half the price. So we were like, well, we'll go to Turkey. Um, and unfortunately, we didn't get to Gallipoli, which was a real shame, but we were real pressed for time. That would have um, been awesome, eh? Yeah, Going to yeah, Anzac Cove. And absolutely. it's actually, I have some friends of mine that went to Turkey and they, um, they did that um one of those the big hot air balloons yes they didn't go in yes. one but they yeah. had it there's a picture of them and it's they're all in the sky and it was wow. beautiful man yeah. turkey yeah. did look beautiful from the photos i've it, seen it, turkey's incredible i think it's honestly one of the most underrated places that we'd heard of and it was actually a huge thing which was real scary for us before we left is obviously uh, last year um before we went away it was really soon before there was the christchurch shootings Yes, that's right. And so the Turkish, um, uh, either the, the president or the prime minister of Turkey, um, who he, he was big dog in charge, he put out a statement saying that you know if there was any like of like Kiwis that were in his country, like with that kind of attitude, they were going to get the you know, and this was like a couple of weeks before get he left. the like the see you later yeah get the see you later so that was pretty scary while we were going there but honestly they were some of the most hospitable people mm. like and they treated us so wonderfully and like we and not at any point did we feel danger uh in danger but i have heard apparently a lot of people say that you know if you're a woman it's a little bit different in turkey yes, as true. opposed to you know especially as a traveling yes woman, eh? yeah of well, course tell me bro honest truth yeah how much shisha did you guys go through how much was her is it called shisha Shisha. Shisha? Oh, yeah, Shisha. Well, Didn't they have the big I, pipes that, over yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get to kind of think about that. Well, I, I, I think it was me, yeah, me and Jack. Noah didn't, um, didn't rip the Shisha, but we ripped this huge Shisha. Um, <laughs> and that was in Bodrum and that was, that was wild. We didn't do it like all that much. Well, I wanted to do it way more than I, I should probably admit. Um, I mean, you know, when in Turkey, but when in Turkey, mate. Yeah, yeah, but um, but no, we didn't actually do that much. But you know, we tried Turkish delight, which was you know. Is Turkish delight delicious. different over there to here? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, we went to the Grand Bazaar, um, which is like this really famous marketplace. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there was all these different stands that had it there, and they had Turkish delights of all sorts. I mean, they had like Nutella Turkish delight, where it was like a huge long roll of Turkish delight. And like it had Nutella on the inside as well, um, like spread in between it being kind of rolled up. And then you would choose a size and they would kind of slice it up and you could take little bits accordingly. It was, yeah, very different to what it is here. Bro, let's be honest. Narnia made us all want to have Turkish delight. Absolutely. Hey. Absolutely. Even thinking about that, I'm like, I could I could smash some Turkish delight right now. That sounds delicious. Yeah, and then you have it in real life, and you're like, mm. but to no, be honest, suitably average. So the the favorites, <laughs> Turkish delight. Yeah, I'm all in. Mm. I'm all in. I'm mm. always picking them out because people don't like them, but I'm all in. Yeah, I'm gonna disagree with you on that one. Well, that's awkward because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, I just put it out there. <laughs> okay, so we're in Turkey. Yeah. Then where do we go, bro? Well, from Turkey we went to Italy. Um, we <sighs> flew in, which was so phenomenal. Jealous. 
it was great. Um, spent about a week in um in Adelaide. Ended up sleeping in a train station one night. Um, in this random ass place called Albenga. Um, then we went to uh, France and we spent about three days in France, just down the bottom. We went to um, Nice and Montpellier. Montpellier. And then, yeah. Did you go to? Uh, did you see the Eiffel Tower? Oh, you didn't go to Paris. Well, we did later. Oh. So, so if you're looking at a map, we're going along the coast, right? And then from the bottom of France, we went into Spain. And we hit these towns. We hit Figure, Tarragona, and Valencia. And then from Valencia, we went to a place called uh, Seville. And then from Seville, we ended up getting a bus into Portugal. Um, and we were in the Algarve, which is uh, near the bottom. Um, and we stayed with Jack's, um, Jack's grandparents, who were so so incredibly generous and they lived in portugal yes they live live in portugal are they portuguese um no so they're irish um and they spend uh, they live in ireland and in portugal um but they took care of us for like two weeks and we met this incredibly incredibly generous um, man called marco he took great care of us three boys um he's good family friends with um the mckinney's right um, who's jack jack jack's family right yeah um and he took great care of us um honestly it was so we went to a great um great water water slide park in portugal a water slide park it was awesome i think it was called slide and splash and it was so much fun is is um like i think of going to like wet and wild in australia yeah like that's crammed is are we talking like lions for hours cramped or no 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 no. well i don't know how busy it is in you know peak season we weren't there in peak season um, it was kind of going into peak season and it was no lines at all for us, which was just awesome. But we also went and like, I'm pretty sure it was school season and it was like a weekday. So, you know, it was pretty sweet. And then we yeah. went surfing in Portugal as well, which was amazing. Some of the best surf in the world. You went surfing or you tried to surf? We went surfing. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I know, I know. Fancy, fancy. Um, <laughs> and then from Portugal, we ended up going back up through Spain and we went to... Um, madrid and we spent 24 hours in madrid we had no accommodation um, because of the football right well no so oh. uh, that was actually in barcelona oh right yeah because there was a barcelona was yeah. playing right and because they were playing all the hotels were sold out or Absolutely, something yeah and the accommodation was like 400 euros a night yeah for like you know the three of us which was just unbelievable especially for us when we were looking at spending you know like 10 euros a night at like this dungy ass place you no, know? no wonder you stayed the night in the train station bro yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bro honestly when you said that and you just keep going i thought hold on mate this is, i wouldn't even stay the night in a bus station in auckland yeah like, i slept on a platform and little um uh, like prior to our trip we had this plan that as soon as we got to turkey because turkey and uh, they're real famous for doing suits as well really nice beautifully tailor-made suits we had this plan um where I was going to bring my suit and they were going to buy suits over there because they didn't have suits that they could bring, right? But because I was bringing my suit, I didn't have enough room to bring a sleeping bag traveling. So I brought a bed sheet. Right? Oh my goodness. And when we got to this train station... When we You're to, nuts, bro. Yeah, I know. Well, when we got to <laughs> Turkey, they didn't end up buying suits. So they didn't buy suits the whole entire time. And then when we got to this train station in Albenga. There they were sleeping on the platform in their beautifully, like, you know, nice little sleeping bags. And there I was shivering cold <laughs> Bed sheet. Well, hocus that, pocus. Bro. That'll teach you, mate. Oh, absolutely. That's funny. Up. That's absolute like when you go on a school camp. Up. I remember that times I've gone on a school camp and it's been like you forget your sleeping bag and you just yeah. feel like an 
you just feel like an idiot. You do feel like an idiot. Yeah. I felt like an idiot for about five months. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you could have just bought one though. Yeah, I didn't have jeans. I didn't take jeans either. So whenever I wanted to wear jeans, I was just wearing suit pants. So. Finnegan Feebig. I know. There's a reason I got you on the podcast, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Um, yeah. I want to talk about an experience that maybe you're not that proud of. Yeah. Um, an experience I know you've had before. Yeah. Um, and you know, even me, I would never, ever do this. Mm. But you went to a bullfight. Yeah. In Spain. Fighting. It was in Madrid. That was the 24 hours we spent in Madrid. Give us the PG rundown, bro. The PG And rundown. I say PG because I can't stomach it. Very inhumane experience. Um, and learned that day the power of crowd mentality. Um, after they do multiple fights. And also we found out that we heard that apparently they eat the meat of the bull afterwards. Um, so we're like, oh, okay, you know, it's not. You know, it's not all that bad. But later on, we also heard another fact that was actually, they don't actually, so we, they, we got lied to, they don't actually end up eating the meat because the bull's so petrified and so afraid that it's full of adrenaline, which completely ruins the meat. Whoa. So they don't eat it. So it's just, it's pure for entertainment. But um, after the first fight, um, which obviously ended in horrific amount of blood and this bull, you know, wetting itself and fear, um, after the first fight, half the crowd left, which was Taurus, and then the rest were just locals. Me, Jack, and Noah, for some unknown reason, we decided to stay. You became a local. Yeah, yeah. So we were the only locals. That, I mean, sorry, we were the only Taurus there. Um, and after the fourth fight, we found ourselves, me especially, um, cheering. Um, Whoa. And there was this one moment where a... Uh, there was this one moment where a one of the fighters, he drove a sword down the back of a bull and this bull just spewed up liters and liters of blood. It yeah. must have pierced the bull's um, lung. Yeah. And we just, we, everyone in the crowd stood up and like roared with like excitement. Because excitement. we were like, oh my goodness, you know, that was amazing. And then we left and we were looking at footage of it afterwards, you know, like Snapchats we had taken or whatever. And we just felt sick to the stomach and we couldn't believe that we were cheering for that, you know. And like really that day, like such a powerful lesson learning how like how powerful a crowd can influence you and and you know i know the character of you mm. and you know that's that's lucky that i'm you know mm. sitting down with someone i know yeah um, and i know that you're not you know someone that's cruel to animals anything like that mm. but you're right the power of crowd mentality that's can get crazy. you into some pretty like i think of peer pressure you know yeah. when you were in, in in high school or um even out of high school university mm. and there's parties there's drinking yeah whatever it might be um mm. the dumb mistakes a lot happen when you're pressured Pressure by everyone else and Absolutely. if everyone else thinks it's normal mm. that's way too easy to slip into that as well like it, it takes it it's real hard now um well sorry it's not real hard it's way easier to recognize like crowd mentality moments when they're happening and it's like important that whenever you do recognize it to, to take yourself out of that. But I don't think that I would have been able to recognize how powerful that effect can have if I hadn't seen the bullfighting. Yeah. It's real care. It's a real charismatic thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was crazy. How, crazy. how, what would you say to people, um, when it comes to that kind of thing, the whole crowd mentality, mm. The power of people around you. How do you get out of those situations? Because you know me. Mm. I've somehow developed this nickname. Actually, I can't say somehow because I know how. I've de developed the nickname Flake, right? <laughs> but it's because, look, this is being genuine. Yeah. Someone even, my mate Glenn, he calls me Falake because it sounds a bit better than Flake. Yeah. But it's because I'll say yes to something and I won't turn up. 
But it's because I used to, I still kind of do, suck at saying no. Yeah. Because it's that same thing. I don't want to let someone down. I don't want to yeah. disappoint them. Yeah, I feel that big time. Well, I think the big thing is is just recognizing and knowing that people do have an influence. And whenever two people are interacting, one person is always influencing the other, you know, in some way, shape or form. So it's so important that whoever you're speaking to, whenever you're talking to someone, you know, always try to influence them for the best and you know have those conversations but also just be so wary of who's influencing you because it is it is crazy the amount of things that even if in a conversation someone says something that you don't really disagree with but you just let it slide as opposed to potentially either challenging their thinking or being like oh you know i don't actually i disagree with that or i you know i think that's inappropriate um even just letting that slide that can have an effect on you later on you know and just letting that stuff slide you know and if, if you find yourself as well you know if you let something slide in a situation you find everyone else does as well but the second one person actually just goes actually no that's not okay you find everyone else is the exact same thing goes oh yeah you know but it's just about in those situations just being okay what's happening here who's influencing yeah you give permission you yeah, know you, you're giving permission by standing up I even think of, you know, obviously recently doing that whole podcast on racism and it was such a pleasure and honor. But, you know, I even think Mm. now that whole casual racism thing, we're not going to dive deep into that, but I'm just saying that once again, it comes down to someone making maybe a joke that's not appropriate Mm. and us not saying anything. Mm. You know what I mean? And and not just, I'm not just talking racism, I'm talking anything. Like if someone's putting someone else down, Mm. it's the same thing. And you just, you almost, you're almost not wanting to, you know, be a bit of an outcast by saying something eh? i even think as well like a big one as well um like you know men speaking inappropriately to women or like even just like a little little remark um and actually just being like oh hold up sorry that's actually inappropriate don't say that you know because you let it slide and then you know one thing leads to another and it's just yeah i think there's there's so many so many different things in all areas the list goes on yeah 100 you know it's not it's not just this or that you know, there's bad and then there's good, you know, and it's just yeah. about not letting the bad slide. Yeah. And I think that's a big one too, man. Like talking about yeah, even the movies we watch and the way that women, are, um, you know, just mm. put up as slabs of meat and yeah. it's kind of, there's no, it's almost to take some, and men too, you know, mm. but yeah, it's that whole power of crowd mentality. 100%. And, yeah. um, people around you interesting thought man yeah and you learned all of this from bullfight in spain yeah yeah i mean i wouldn't now i, I mean i would i'd never recommend anyone going to it i mean but it was you know it was an incredibly incredibly powerful lesson that i learned that day were you not thinking about doing a bull run yes well that that's a that's a real famous one and that's in i had in this place called pom uh Pomploma, Pomploma, yeah. I think that's the name of the place. But anyway, yeah. that's a real famous one. I really want to do that. That's one I've wanted to do since a kid, and I'm pretty sure at the end of the fight they don't kill the bull. Okay, so that's okay. Right, I think. Um, you, you never know. I well, that's the thing is I don't. I never know. I mean, you don't see what goes on behind closed doors. But that's something I always wanted to do because I love the idea of running away from a huge, massive beast. Yeah, I something mean, something about that just seems very exciting to me and kind of tickles my fancy. You know. You see, man, that, you've just you've just thrown me off here because something <laughs> something about that just puts me off. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine running away knowing that I could get a horn up my jackside. Yeah, you know, 
People die in those things, bro. Yeah, I know. A lot of people have died. But it's still just, it seems very exciting, you know? I, <sighs> I can't put a finger on it, but I'm like, when I see it, I'm like, I want to do that, you know? Yeah, just, um, sorry to anyone listening. Uh, <laughs> you just contradicted yourself there. No, it's, um, yeah, I don't know if I could ever do that, bro. Mm. Running away from a bull live at me. Yeah, that was Yikes. pretty wild. But yeah, anyway, so from there, from uh, Madrid, we went Paris, and then we went over to London, and then we went over to Ireland, and then back to London. Then we went over to the uh, Amsterdam, and then we went from Amsterdam to Southeast Asia, and then did a whole bunch of traveling around there. Lived in Vietnam for a month, bought motorbikes, and came home. That's a great way to sum up the rest of the trip, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we went there, 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 bought some bikes, and uh, now I'm back here yeah. with uh, one the, air machine. The and thing is, though, bro, I could honestly, I mean, if I wrote a diary as well to remember everything, so oh, I've good. got I've got every single day written in detail, which I'm super glad that I did. Um, honestly, I could be talking about the the stuff we did for hours and hours and hours and hours on end. Well, know? I mean, that's why that's one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about, man, because these are the experiences that are interesting. Yeah. And here's the th- the the fact of the matter is these mm. kinds of experiences may not be available mm. after you know post yeah. the world we live in now with covid and all of that yeah um is there any stories because yeah. i mean you're on the road with two friends mm. for so long yeah are there any stories of just you guys getting into fights or or you know did you get sick of each other mm. um there was a long it was a big period of time where there was there was there was i mean there was tensions uh, uh, thankfully for me I, I really wasn't the center of any of the tension for a long time. I mean, there was a bit of tension between Jack and Noah, but like it was all, you know, it was like a married couple squabbles. You know, there was nothing. Thankfully, we hardly argued at all. But like there was, you know, if, if anything, it was like little squabbles, like, you know, nothing major. Um, we didn't get into any fights. Um, to my disappointment, um, a huge, <laughs> huge debate that we had over the trip, which um went on for so long as and they still disagree with me but we were talking about whether or not a highly trained midget would be able to beat like a just your average joe who's untrained in a fight um and to this day the debate still goes on and people are so 50 50 so i've never even heard of this question well because we were talking about it we got because i mean (laughs) i'm not sure if you ever heard but in cambodia they do midget fighting yes i've heard of that yes and did you hear crazy story by the way i'm not sure if you heard but how the 50 midgets got slaughtered by a lion no is that true story true story these so there's this midget fighting arena this club right and the man who owns the club is he went on to say, you know, these midgets are fearless. They'll fight anything. Okay, you know? pause, pause. When you say midgets, actual midgets, like like smaller people, mid yeah, well, do, like dwarfs. Right. Okay. Okay. With dwarfism. You know? Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, he was he was going on about how these midgets will fight anything. They've you know they've fought like robots, like people have you know they've fought other people. You know, it's it's crazy. But so this man challenged him, and he imported a lion to fight these midgets. And it took some. It took something like fifty like dead human beings to 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 call off the fight. This is gnarly, bro. This is insane. And this was this wasn't even like I think it was like I don't know how many years ago it was, but it was in the it was within this was within the last decade. This it is it is a whole nother world over there, bro. This this is horrible. It's horrible. It's insane. It's mind-boggling to think. You think about it. Fifty midgets 
before they were like, okay, maybe we should stop the fight. 50 people had, people, 50 people passed away and they called it off. Yeah. Wow. And there was, that's not even, that's not even like, you know, they they were slaughtered by a lion. But you touched on something. Yes. Over there in Cambodia. Yeah. It's, it's something that's. Whole nother world. It's a whole nother world and it's something that's kind of accepted and normal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's only when you, in our Western lens, see something different and we go, hold on a minute. Yeah. This ain't. This ain't like even like you think of cannibalism. Mm. You know, I've been to Vanuatu a few times, and I think they only stopped doing cannibalism like twelve, thirteen years ago. I'm probably wrong on that, but like definitely in the last twenty years. Wow! But that was something seen as normal, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So 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 bizarre. Yeah, I don't know after this conversation if I'm more keen to travel or (laughs) I'm stoked where I am, two feet on the ground. Yeah. So. I want to pivot to, um, you know, you get back, yeah. Um, things are back to normal. What a life-changing experience, right? Mm. And I'm sure there's plenty, plenty more stories of of things that went down, yeah. Um, over there. Mm. I, although I do want to touch on. Didn't I hear that? I hate it when people like they touch your is it your love handles on your sides? And oh, they, and the, they the, like zip, zap, they zap yeah. you. Yeah. Didn't someone didn't Noah zap you and you got into a fist fight over it? I did hear that story. Oh, there was a mo- when we were in Turkey. We kind of had like, that sounds a bit homoerotic, but like he zapped me and then we kind of like had this little like tuffle, but we were like in this tiny little cabin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he ended up winning that one, which was unfortunate for my, my, um, my pride. Your pride was definitely it was hurt. hurt. It was hurt that day. It was hurt that day. He overpowered me and I lost, I lost that one. Mate. And that's why I started boxing. Oh, you started... That's right. So you get back and you started boxing. Yes. Tell me tell me about that. Well, um, it was it was actually... Well, it actually had nothing to do with that experience, actually. It was more of a lame joke. But uh, I actually... <laughs> oh, it's so, funny, bro. Well, <laughs> I, I was laughing on the inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nah, good. No, but you did get into boxing and you love it. Yes, absolutely. Well, the reason I got into boxing is when we were in... Um, when we were staying in Vietnam... I ended up watching all of the Rockies and the Creeds um, and something just clicked on me and I was like, I want to be a fighter. Um, and I got home. I started training at this um, boxing gym called Red Lion Combat Academy. Um, amazing, amazing gym. Everyone there is so wonderful, lovely. They make you feel welcome. They encourage you. It was really great. Um, I had to stop training um, a couple months ago um, to save up some money for an engagement ring for um matilda um but i'll hopefully get back into training at the gym um hopefully sometime early next year um and then hopefully we'll get into actual fighting people you want to start sparring people not sparring so actually actual fighting so they do sparrings at um at redline they would do like sparring nights on thursday where you would just spar with other people at the club um but no i want to get into actual fighting so like you know like what would your walkout song be oh you know, I go through different phases. I'm like, man, I would love... Well, I actually thought about... I th- I thought that it would be absolutely hilarious. I don't know if anyone's ever done it before, but walking out to the Rocky thing and like Bro. doing the whole the whole hands up in the air, you know? Like if I was going to fight someone and he walked out with, into that, I would crack up, you know? <laughs> I reckon that'd be so funny. But to be honest, I think that my walkout thing would be... Um, it's actually from... Uh, 
uh, from Spy- Spider-Man into the Spideyverse. You ever see that movie? Love that movie. You know the song What's Up Danger? Mm, no. Okay. You know the scene, the famous scene where Mars is on the roof and then he finally jumps off and then he uses his web slingers for the first time? Sort of. I, I mean, I'm drawing blanks here. I can't think. But. Okay. Well, there's a song in that. It's called What's Up Danger. It'll right. probably be that or it would be um, TNT by ACDC. Oh, dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that was Close, such a yeah. Closer. That's definitely the. Uh, whoops. TNT. Yeah. Dynamite. TNT. And I win the fight. Whoa. Yeah, that's why I don't sing. Yeah, I was about. <laughs> I was actually about to say, wins the singing career launch. Right? <laughs> uh, never. Oh man. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Pause. Talking about just career in general. Mm-hmm. You're like a f- an actor, film producer, director. Maybe not directing Oscar worthy. I wouldn't say worthy. Tasters of the, you know. Yeah, tasters subjective, Brad. Yes. I'm sure Although, there's plenty of people that would think my work is Oscar worthy. Well, mate, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree. <laughs> what I meant to say was it's not Oscar nomination category at the um, moment. Unfortunately, we'll get there though. So tell me about that, man. You've always wanted, because you've acted. Yes. And you've been doing, you know, odd commentary, mm. and, and which is, a you know, your YouTube channel, and you've been yeah. making videos. You're in the process of making one now. Yes. Um, why don't you talk me through, you know, what what this career, well, could you call it a career? Would you call it a side hustle, a project? What, I'd what call a, it a, pa- uh, a passion. Not a passion. No, I'd call it a hobby. Okay. Because um, what have you done? Let's talk like okay. acting realm. Well, acting realm. I mean, I, I did the the big the biggest one I did was the New Zealand ad, um, which was you know, all it was all over for a wee while. And there's actually they've still got the the board up of me. Um, when you if you fly within New Zealand, and you walk down the, some of the runways, you'll see me and my dad on a mobile. Um, nice. So did that that big ad, um, and still getting paid for that, which is great. Um, You're still getting paid for that. Yes, yes. So they well, here's the thing with with the New Zealand ad. They didn't pay us a lot up front. For for ads, you usually get quite a lot of money, but they didn't pay us that much up front. However, what they do is they have a rollover fee, and every year that goes over, um, out the agreed like time, they repay us what we first got. And they're still because me and Dad were the forerunners for the Air New Zealand app, and we were like the main faces of it. Each year that we're still on their app, we get another grand or so. Well, each. Or yeah. Each. Hold on. I'm Which out. is good. But usually, say, for the ad that we did with the amount, like, they were playing at the movies. You know, when we went to go see um, Infinity War, it was at the movies. We all stood up and clapped. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a great moment. I was like, yes. <laughs> I would have felt famous. <laughs> um, but no. But, uh, but yeah, so for usually for some of that. Um, that size usually you'd get at least about 20 grand i did a well I, I auditioned for a role when i was a kid i wish i knew the, the the you know the value of the money at the time when i was about you know nine or ten i auditioned for an ad and the pay was twenty thousand dollars and that would have gone to you that would have gone to me directly to me which is insane but but there's so much money in advertising you wouldn't believe it that's unreal yeah so do you have like an agent? Well, I do. I do. I'm with an agency um, called Heroes and Villains. Oh. Um, and I need to redo some of my photos. Um, what, because you don't have long hair anymore? Yes. Yeah. Don't have the luscious locks um, or the, the long purple. Locks. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what you call it. When in Europe. 
yeah when in europe eh? um but yeah so i uh, did that um and then obviously with odd commentary um we used to do a lot of gaming videos um and we kind of we've slowly started transitioning into making films um me and Noel, we both love doing it especially we obviously we love the action genre um growing up on you know star wars lord of the rings you're a star wars fanatic movies. star wars fanatic absolutely like you've got the whole anakin get up yeah so spent about 350 dollars um on a anakin skywalker outfit and about a thousand dollars on a lightsaber so, a thousand dollars on a lightsaber yeah it was something like that um oh my goodness ben yeah it's the real deal it's fun though you know but that was but here's the thing though is that i earned that you know i worked 10 weeks in a bakery saving up for that for the lightsaber for the lightsaber yeah i paid for that i paid for all of it myself when i was like 16 Oh, well, better cut bread at least. Not quite. Is it just the handle? Well, the bla- so the blade, it, it all lights up and whatnot, and you can fight with it. Um, but when we did a review on how strong the blade was. Um, but I also made that video when I wasn't a Christian, so excuse the language. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, we so we found out that the, the stuff the blades are made out of, they're made out of, um, I think it's poly polycarbon or something like that you know it's made out of the same stuff that riot shields are made out of no so these are real deal you can bash these things seriously hard and they won't even scratch it's insane how hard you can hit with them so they're proper you know men not fight with them so and and in your movies that you've been making i know you've done correct me if i'm wrong if i haven't done my research but it's um between a rock and a hard place yes thank you that's good thank you and then you had like a part two no, nah, well, Between a Rock and a Hard Place was the second part. The oh, first one was, was first called one? Rock Strike Hard, but Roses Strike Hard. Harder. Yeah, that's mm, right. And that yeah. was like a spinoff of the Indiana Jones thing, Yeah, um, which was a lot of fun to make. It's honest, it's so much fun making, but the, there's a lot of work that goes into them behind the scenes that a lot of people don't see, and they don't realize you know, what it really takes. And with the next one that we're working on, um, we're working on a film noir, um, and we, obviously we love all these classic I don't know what, what's a film noir so a film noir is, it's like a real it's an old classic style of film it's like black and white film um, and the style of it is going to be similar to um, so it's going to be a film noir but it's also going to be uh, I suppose you could say Batman inspired so there's a vigilante there's a detective um, it's going to be kind of mixing you know a modern action Batman genre with a classic film noir style to it um, and it's something that me and I have been working on for we started the script last year February and we're recently um, you know we started we finished the the main the Batman I suppose you could call him of our film is called The Grim Reaper we recently finished his outfit and it's pretty cool did you make it by scratch yes yeah oh well more or less so we we you didn't bought, go down to you know coin save and buy the well no well we did go to Ike's Emporium and um, my fiance Matilda she made the cape and the belt for me um, and she did an amazing job by the way um, and but we also bought so uh, for example um, like motocross armor I'm not sure if you've ever seen it but it looks like superhero get up motocross it, it, honestly you look at it like the plain stuff that isn't all logged up it's like it's full Batman it's have the fox head on like yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, no we're not the fox but um <laughs> But yeah, so we bought some real plain um, motocross armor and then we just got some cargo pants, some boots, you know, chuck a cape, a belt, a hood, um, and you're good to go. Yeah. But it looks it looks pretty cool. And then we recently bought Noah's replica pistol as well. That was about $300. Whoa. Um, 
and this thing is awesome as well so we're super excited to film we're going to be filming hopefully sometime within the next year but obviously because I'm, i'll be getting married um a lot of you know that's gonna be taking up a lot of my time planning a wedding and finances and yeah. And, and and you're 20. Yes, yeah, You're 20, 20, 20 and you're engaged old. and you're getting married. Absolutely. Right, engaged and getting married, same thing. Yeah. Um, that's nuts, man. Yeah, it's exciting. Yep, you obviously you obviously know what you want. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I said to Noah the night I met Matilda that she was the girl that I wanted to marry. I remember you telling me that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I told everyone. I mean, the moment I met her, I was like, yeah, that's her. Would have, been, would have been awkward if she bounced you, eh? Yes. So, <laughs> thankfully, she said yes. <laughs> nice, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, are we going to expect a, a feature from your you know, wife-to-be in this upcoming film? Absolutely. So, she'll actually, in the film, she will be playing my wife. How ironic. Yeah, I know, right? How ironic. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I thought it would be inappropriate um, to get someone who, you know, isn't, you know. Your wife. Yes. Question on that, because I mean, I'm assuming you would take a gig if it came your way. Like if someone said, hey, we want yeah. you in the next James Bond. Yeah. You'd be like, yes, please. Yes. Well, that's something that I've I've been, you know, challenged over. Um, and I've, I've, I've actually changed my perspective on, believe it or not. Um, and I, I'm actually not sure if I would take a role if I had to, you know, have a romantic interest. Yeah. And then, mm. and it's fair enough. I know a few big wig um, not personally, yeah. uh, but big <laughs> word, except Johnny, Johnny Depp, you know, you know yeah. Oh yeah. yeah Johnny. Yeah, good of mate course. of mine. Yeah. Uh, um, that have actually lost a lot of their stardom, not their stardom, but they've lost a lot of the opportunities because they have said no to that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, which is a shocker, but I know mm. he's off suits and he's in, um, this movie called timeline. Yeah. This actor. And, and he's not in anything really anymore because he refused romantic, yeah, and it's such a shame that it's such a big part of films is obviously, you know, there's always the romantic interest and if you're not the main character, then I suppose that's okay. But if you're wanting to play the main role, you always need to have that romantic interest. So, I mean, that's obviously, that is going to be a huge thing. You know, if I get more acting jobs, that'll be a huge, huge, you know, disadvantage. But I suppose you mean, like, I mean, I know how Matilda would feel, you know, seeing me having to kiss someone else and it's like you know would i want to see that would i want to see her or more you know yeah exactly i mean yeah of course i mean there's you know in most films a lot of sex scenes um and it's like i would not want to see her doing that so you know why would i expect her to want to see or be okay with me and and and, you know to play devil's advocate there's some people that that are okay with it okay with it and they've got this working relationship and yeah all of that stuff but yeah, it is a bit of a weird one, eh? Yeah. Kissing someone for a living? Yes, yeah, it is. Especially when you're getting paid, you know? Is that considered prostitution? Mm. Um, we're just going to... Yeah. I don't know, Some man. food for thought? Some food for thought. Yeah. Or is it because there's a camera, it's okay? Well, well, that's what porn is, right? Well, there you go. That's a whole other topic. That's a whole other topic. But, um, yeah, ruining society. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. So that's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. Lord of the Rings has been filmed in New Zealand. Yes, it is. It and, is. Um, it's actually down the road from uh, Matilda's pie shop, and um, and yeah, they they know they've met a lot of the people on the sets, which is super cool. Well, I mean, I saw an ad the other day, and they you know they're looking and casting for you know interesting looking people. I'm mm. I'm just curious as to why. Thought about applying. Oh, <laughs> you beat me to it, bro. <laughs> I was trying to articulate that. You, uh, anyway, that was meant to be you. Yeah. No, seriously, would you have coming. you tried to get on Lord of the Rings or not? Well, 
I've thought about it, and I would I would love to do that. It'd be such a cool experience. Um, but you cut the hair. But I cut the hair. I did. Um, but I I did look disgusting. I mean, there's a photo. Yeah, have you you've seen the photo of me away with the long hair in the bed? It was disgusting. Yeah, but that's what Middle Earthers look like. Of course, of course. But to be fair, like I would have kept the long hair if I didn't dye it black. But because I dyed my hair black and then it ended up turning purple, <laughs> it was just it was just disgusting. I was like, I mean, I could spend three hundred dollars or whatever, you know, trying to dye it and get the color back. But you know, it was just like I'd rather just cut it and start growing it again. I don't know if it'll ever get as long, but I mean, if they really wanted me, there's these things that have been around for quite some time. They're called wigs. Ah, oh. you heard of? Funny them? you say that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> if they really wanted me, they could put me. In I the actually, wig. I was thinking this the other day. Okay. How do wigs work? Because obviously, you get the two dollar ones, and you take them to school when you're dressing up as a wig day, or you know. Yeah. But legit proper wigs. Yes. Where don't you get like a bald scalp put on you? Well, and yeah, I think it depends on what they're kind of going for. But there's a lot of, um, especially in the film industry, when it comes to that sort of stuff, there's a lot of stuff um, that goes on behind the scenes, especially with hair and makeup. You know, if they wanted you to wear a wig, they might put you in a bald cap and they might put like a professional wig that's been made out of real human hair. See, how do they even make human hair into a wig? Well, that's, that's what, what I was they do about. that for a lot of cancer patients. And, that, and that's what I mean. Yeah. I, that's what I was, that's yeah. where I was thinking about it because I have. Um, someone I know that had cancer and yeah. they had a, a wig made out of real hair and people cool. had shaved their heads and donated their hair. Amazing. I can't even fathom how they put it together though. Yeah, well, I think they, I think they, I could be wrong on this, but I'm 90% sure that they sew um, each individual hair on at a time. Whoa. Yeah. That's a process. Yeah, it's a, it's a, and that's why they're so, so expensive. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's how they'd probably go about it. They put it on your head and then obviously they... Um, They'd put stuff on the lining of the wig to make it blend into your forehead so it doesn't look like you're wearing a cap, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot that goes on with, you know, hair. There's just so much in the film industry. It's like you don't see. Well, and, and here's the thing. You've spent time in front and behind the camera. Yeah. Would you see yourself, I mean, moving into behind the scenes stuff? Like, you know, if yeah, I said well, to you, here's a role yeah. doing costume design or, you mm-hmm. know? Well, I love all aspect of filmmaking you know I mean, I you've li- made two and a half yeah but it, like i just i loved the whole process i loved the script writing coming up with a story you know coming up with heroes villains you know romantic interest um i loved going out and looking for outfits um buying costumes putting it all together i loved being on set and when i wasn't in a shot I love filming and, you know, getting these beautiful shots. Um, And I loved, you know, having an actual cameraman and being like, okay, these are the shots that I want. How does that look? Um, I loved being in in the camera, Um, you know, actual acting and doing fight scenes, you know, so much fun. Yeah, I mean, for anyone that wants to go and check it out um, on YouTube, man, the odd commentary... Mm-hmm. The movies both mm-hmm. of them what 10 to 12 minutes long yeah well the first one was about 12 minutes and the second one i think was about 17 yeah and they're awesome some of the fight scenes in there are pretty pretty cool thank you um and i think it must be hard even trying to do special effects like blood splattering and yeah yeah well i mean our first one the we did we went down the special effects route and we did too many special effects with the blood and it looked all we you, you go back and it's kind of funny watching it it's pretty bad but um 
but and then on the second one we did far too many practical effects you know and we just used so much blood um and it was it was awesome but i think that for the next upcoming film we're quite excited because we've managed to find this and we've learned heaps now as well um to where it's going to be you know a nice middle between practical and special you know Mm. computer generated effects that is what i mean christopher nolan started somewhere you Mm. know jj abrams started somewhere Mm. you know yeah um that's awesome man I'm, i'm a bit disappointed man i mean maybe my phone's been on mute maybe i just haven't been seen the messages <laughs> i mean when's casting call yeah look um we're gonna need plenty of it we actually need don't say extras don't no i'm a, i'm 100 serious and if you're listening if you're like i want to be an extra and i want to be you know thrown through a table kicked through a wall by finn or not we need you just That's contact the out the podcast at gmail yeah, contact the podcast <laughs> <laughs> But no, we actually we're because I mean with this next you're one, on the lookout for for extras. Absolutely. Well, we do. We plan to do this massive warehouse fight scene where it's me and Noah fighting. We're hoping to get like twenty to thirty dudes, and it's, we're hoping to just do an awesome, crazy, huge thing where we're gonna get you know people being thrown through crates, um, people being kicked through doors, um, through tables. Like we're hoping to go all out with this next one. You know. I love it. I love it. I, I will be a part of it. If I, I would, asked. I would love you to be a part of it, Brad. As long as I have at least a line. Yep. No, 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 no. Sure I, I was meant to be in the last one, wasn't I? You but were. I, you but were. I did the classic. You did the. You did the old. Um, yeah, I've forgotten your nickname. Yeah, good. We'll just keep it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Flake. Flake. Um, that's right. I did flake on that. You flaked on that. One. Um, man. I mean, before we land this plane. I want to ask you, you know, yeah. influences for your for your career in terms of the well, not your career, but as you said, your hobby, yeah, and and your filmmaking and your even in your acting, mm-hmm. are there some influences, you know, either New Zealand or international that you kind of look to when you're putting these things together for odd commentary? Um, I mean, you know, straight off the bat, um, I think, you know, a huge part of my childhood was Star Wars, um, and I loved you know, um, the idea of this being, the, the you know, a hero. Um, and I always wanted to be a hero myself. Um, and I always remember as a kid just getting so much enjoyment, you know, and being inspired by watching these heroes the way that they were acting. Especially Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, but for me it was mainly Luke Skywalker. Oh. The most hopeful, amazing, like the most hopeful, you know, like he looks to his dad who everyone calls evil and says he's the most horrible man who's done all these horrible things. And Luke still looks at his dad and goes, I see the good in you. Mm. That is, that's heroic, you know, not necessarily all the fighting, but being like, I see the good in that man, even though everyone else doesn't. Yeah. The whole, I can turn him to the light. Side. Absolutely. That's yeah. the most, you know, and you know, that's, that's freaking heroic. And watching all these, you know, Lord of the Rings as well, Aragon. Oh my gosh. Oh. What a man. Goat. What a man. He is so cool. But, you know, watching all these heroes in cinema, I always wanted to, if I could, make something that would inspire, you know, like another kid in, you know, 10 years, and he'd be like, oh, wow, you know, that's a cool hero. That's who I want to be. Like, if I had the opportunity to do that, and I could make an even more heroic hero, um, then, you know, why wouldn't I, you know? Yeah. Why Other, wouldn't you? Know, you? Yeah. And, um... So there's lots, there's far too many, but there's far too many. But I mean, I think of right off the bat, I mean, George Lucas, he did a good job with Star Wars. So a good job, a great job. Prompts to him. Prompts to him. Well, man, I've, um, 
I really enjoyed just mate, we've kind of gone all over the show. We have. But that's that's yeah. what a podcast yeah. is all about. <laughs> Here in our little cramped up studio where it's the lamp's the only thing keeping us alight. It's dark yeah. outside now. Um, man, what's on the agenda for you coming up? Well, obviously I mean, you're getting married. Yeah, I'm getting married, which is so exciting. Uh, getting married to Matilda, um, most amazing woman I've ever met. Um, so that will be getting married in February um, next year, hopefully. Well we're, well, we're hoping around February next year. Um, and we're in June now, so it's not, you know, long. not long. So that's on the plate. Um, I'll check the, uh, the letterbox, bro. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, we'll be starting a. Um, I'll be starting a potentially a side, another side gig doing um, YouTube videos about coffee. Can we talk about that real quick? Yes. You, I know we talked about this earlier today. Yes. You know what is that? What are yes. you doing? Well, I've been talking to a CEO of a um, coffee business in New Zealand. I can't name them at the moment. That's well, um, done. well done. Very professional. Thank you. Um, <laughs> But uh, so I've been talking to a CEO of a coffee business um, in New Zealand who said that he'd be happy for me to do a story on them. Um, so I'm hoping to do a couple um, documentary, like mini docos about um, different cafes, um, different coffee roasteries and their stories just to give um, the consumer of their product and my viewers a better understanding of each business and what they're about. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, if it does if it does any well, if it does any good um, and I get some viewers and hopefully as well later down the track, I can do some tutorials with some, you know, famous nice. bristas around New Zealand um, and, yeah, just stuff like that, really. Small beginnings. Yeah, small beginnings, bro. So that's, that's another new project. Uh, project. And then, obviously, you know, the film with um, the film Noir Me and Noah working on. Um, and, yeah, hopefully I'll have my first fight by the end of next year as well. So got a lot on my plate at the moment. Well, we're moving. In. We're getting married. We're going boxing. Yep. And we're going filming. Yeah. Mate. I wonder how I got you on the on the gig here, mate. This is probably the last podcast I could ever do with you because next minute you'll be in the States living <laughs> at Beverly Hills and I have to zoom you in. Hey, Wouldn't, Finn, wouldn't that be nice? Remember <laughs> me? Oh, well, man, I just, uh, I appreciate, appreciate it. I appreciate you jumping in, man. And I, I look forward to catching up with you maybe in season two. Absolutely. And seeing um, when this film gets released and mm. I don't know, you might be married by then and mm. mate, all the best. Thank you, Brad. No, it's been an absolute privilege. Um, yeah, thank you for having me on. Well, thanks for listening to Chapter 6 with Finn. It was uh, such a cool convo to have. And uh, look, if you haven't checked out the podcast on Instagram yet, go give it a like, give it a follow. Plenty of exciting chapters coming up. Chapter 7 next week. And I just want to thank too uh, Kyle Svensson, also known as the Basement Collective, for the, the track that we uh, that we listen to week in and week out. And um, just anybody that's just piped in and helped out along the way, you're all legends.